Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who you should never leave chocolate in front of on the counter because he will eat it all. Brand Siegel, how are you doing? Look, that is ultimately the truth, and you know we, we have a special guest here today who knows I'm just a dessert fiend, uh, to say the least, and we'll, we'll get to, to this very, very special guest here in a minute. Um, but hey, look, Trevor, I, I've told you and Josh for the last month, if you're bringing chocolate or any dessert in the house, I'm going to eat it. It's that simple. But more importantly, I have like seven things we got to talk about. Number one, for the listeners at home, today is Trevor's birthday. So big happy birthday to you, Trevor. Trevor's 25. Um, we got a little present. You're wearing your little present right now. Yes, I am. You want to, because this is not an, a visual podcast. You got it. You got to tell the viewers what, you, what we got you. Correct. So I'm wearing right now. It is a Damien Lillard. It's a, it's a white home Damien Lillard jersey. Um, I've been kind of wanting this jersey for a while now. And apparently, I don't know, they overheard my conversations or something and they got me it. So I, just, I love it's, it. It's my, just, I just know I, I, I'm, I'm this and like, I know everything. So oh, I just you just, knew. so before yeah. I said it, you just knew. Yes. Okay, yes. Guess. Um, this is also the first time we were recording in our actual podcast room. You know, when getting the house that we got, we were planning on doing something like this. And look at this. We have a podcast room. We got three mics up. And while that is very exciting and there's, there's more to get to with that. There's three mics up, and there's another person at the mic. Uh, we got to introduce our special guest today. This is one of my all-time favorite guests we have on the podcast. This is like, I don't know, this is like, what, you're like fourth time now on? Right? So, Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, we have Coach Noah Barrison with us, um, one of my lifelong friends, continual friends, continue one of my best friends. Um, Noah, we are so happy to have you on, as always. Um, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It's always fun coming on, being on the podcast, talking you know, one of three things I know in basketball. <laughs> what are the other two things that you know about? The Browns and Marvel. Okay. All right. You might have to be on a, we, we got another little podcast cooking up about the Marvel stuff. Um, did you like, did you like Guardians? This is a sidetrack, but did you like Guardians? I did. I loved Guardians. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. Very insightful. Maybe you won't be on that podcast with that garbage insight. Yeah, very. Yeah, I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. But. That is true. We probably shouldn't do any spoilers. This is not that type of podcast. But nevertheless, Noah, thank you so much for being on. We're super excited to have you on. And this is a a basketball heavy episode. This is we're right in the time where like it's just basketball going on. We got hockey going on, and the hockey's really cool. Who cares? But oh, whoa, no, whoa! If you, hey, have you been watching the hockey? Don't offend the hockey hockey's fans. awesome. Yeah, it's Playoff amazing. Hockey's awesome. It's I've been telling him about like Connor McDavid because I went to a Blue Jackets game with my dad, and we we saw Connor McDavid play. He's insane. He's so good. He, I I've, I don't think I've ever seen someone so dominant at a sport since like LeBron, like early days in Cleveland. Like, I've just never seen anything like that. It's Tom crazy. Brady. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady's pretty dominant, but football's a little bit different because yeah, you're no, only I, on for I'm half still. the, you know, half the game for a sense. But yeah. nevertheless, a lot of NBA to talk about, so we're going to get right into it, Noah. First up here, we have the NBA Draft Lottery. We're recording this Monday the 15th, and the Draft Lottery is tomorrow the 16th. Um, obviously, it is the Victor Wembanyama show. Um, but, um, you know, who who do you guys think and no, I'll start with you. Who do you think is the best fit for Victor Wembanyama? I don't think there really is a right fit when you look at his skill set. You look at his talent. You look at just everything he's done. Um, he'll fit in anywhere. That's it's not going to be. That's not going to be the problem. The question is surrounding the team that wins is how are you going to fit your roster to him? You look at someone like San Antonio. He's going to go in right away and just be the guy. He's going to accelerate their rebuild, everything. 
You look at somewhere with Detroit, he's going to fit right in. Their rebuild right now is based around two guards, Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham. You throw Wembanyama in there with two centers and Jalen Duran and Isaiah Beef Stew Stewart, and <laughs> everything's going to be fine. And then you look at somewhere like Houston, that's maybe where it gets a little dicey, where they already kind of have a log jam at forwards. That's the one that would make me the most nervous. But then, you know, looking at somewhere with Orlando, where that could just skyrocket Orlando into the playoffs. Yeah, I I was like trying to, I was thinking the same thing. Like when I saw this on the note, I was like, I think he could fit pretty much on any team. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's insane. Trevor, do you have any, any, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, with his potential, like Noah said, you're kind of building around him because. You, you have him in mind as like he's the best prospect maybe since LeBron. So he's the guy you're going to be building around. Uh, for me, selfishly, the Detroit Pistons, because that's within, you know, driving distance. We could go see him personally. Could. So I would love to see Detroit. You got Cade Cunningham there, Jaden Ivey. That would be very fun to watch. Um, I also had Indiana. As a one as well, driving distance again, but also him, the NBA, they'll come to Cleveland. Him, like we'll be able to yes, see him. He'll come, yeah, still come to Cleveland. True. But him with Tyrese Halliburton and Ben Matherin, because Ben Matherin, one of my favorite young players, Tyrese Halliburton, love him as well. He's mm. phenomenal this past season, you know, and I think him distributing the ball to Wimbanyama would just be very fun to watch. So yeah, those are two of my top ones. Orlando is another one as well. You know, you kind of mentioned that one. So those are just the three that I personally would like. Yeah, I mean, he he seems like the type of generational talent that he could just simply, I mean, he could play, he could do anything, it seems like. He doesn't come around a lot, a talent like that. And if you watch back in October when they played the G League Ignite, that was, I mean, I, I only watched the first game when Scoot Henderson played. I didn't watch the second game when he had 37, but the 36 he got was from all three levels. I mean, he just, he was towering over everybody. And he's on a professional team in France. And even then he's making those guys look like boys. I mean, he he is just he's he's just different. I don't know how else to say it other than he's just different. He is yeah. a little different. I don't know how else to say it. And and for any doubters out there of Victor Weminyama, we might we might have one um in, in the basement of our house. <laughs> well he's right a now. moron. He's a moron. Um, so <laughs> we might have a I don't I don't know if he's joking or if he's serious, but if he's you're, be if you're a doubter, uh, you're out of your mind a little bit. No, I think um and we're gonna talk more about the draft and you know, as it gets closer, obviously it's still playoff time. But really the only concern with a guy like Victor Weminyama is just health. I mean, he's what, seven foot three, seven foot four. other than health, I don't really have a, a big concern i mean yeah you can nitpick and you could say well you know he can add to his frame but that's the case with anyone who's you know coming into the nba that's that size so it really just helps we've also seen like a ton of players like that frame like a brandon ingram and kevin durant still succeed like at that that frame level you know you're looking at two different types of players one i think victor Wembanyama should be more so compared to chet but there's also no one to compare him to because he went through a whole season in france playing against grown men, being the focal point of an offense, not getting hurt, playing every single game. And he went to a situation in France where him and his agent strategically placed him in a spot where he's going to be the focal point, what's going to help him best for the NBA. And Mets 92, Metropolitan's 92 in France was the was the best option, and it worked out really well. So I think, I think yes, if he can kind of transform his game to be Kevin Durant, you know, that'd be one thing. But he's also, he's a combination of, Peak Kevin Durant and peak Rudy Gobert, just with his defensive instincts, his his scoring. <laughs> it's and the most it's ridiculous like, compare. Like it's it's. I'm not saying it's not true. It's just the like. It's a combination. Think about the two combinations. Wild. Yeah, that's that's and that's unicorn. what you have with Victor Wembanyama, and he's. I think a lot of guys in the league have said it. He's not a unicorn. He's an alien. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're literally combining two unicorn-esque players into one. Like, it's just wild. And I, I wouldn't Super call cool. Rudy Gobert a unicorn. I'm very out on Rudy Gobert after everything that's happened, you know, this past season and beyond. But, yeah, I think those are just, those are two great comparisons for him. And, you know, he has... Seven three, seven four. I think he's more seven four, seven five. He's got a seven ten or something wingspan, maybe eight foot wingspan. Like this man is just different. No, we we could use a couple of those inches. Like I would love to be. Like he he doesn't need to be seven whatever. My life would be a lot better if I was five eleven. <laughs> I concur completely. I concur completely. Not all of us have your height, Trevor. It's an unfortunate uh, development for us. But yeah, uh, Victor Wembanyama is not the only good prospect in this draft at all. Um, are there any a couple other prospects or any other prospects you guys want to talk about that really catch your eye that you think are going to be valuable assets in the future for teams to, you know, many years to come? Yeah, for sure. And Noah can talk about any prospects he wants to talk about, too. Um, obviously, I want to talk about Scoot Henderson because I love Scoot's game. Um, you know, with, with Scoot, I think there's a couple teams you can look at. San Antonio kind of feels like they need pretty much a little bit of everything. I mean, like, yeah, Kelly Johnson is a solid player, but, like, they kind of could use anything. It's kind of best player available for San Antonio. Orlando, they already have Paolo. Um, they already have Franz Wagner. Yeah, like, okay, they have Cole Anthony, but I think that a guard like Scoot, who I think is going to turn into a really elite NBA player um, in a few years, I think him and Orlando would be really fun, assuming – Orlando doesn't get the number one pick if they get number two. I think Orlando would be fun. So Orlando, San Antonio, that would be cool. And then Brandon Miller, he's the other, you know, top prospect. I think that's kind of the top three for a lot of people. For me, that would be the top three. Uh, for Brandon Miller, there's a number of options just because he can kind of fit in mo pretty much all of these teams um, just because of the way he plays the game. He's a really good scorer, um, you know, so maybe Houston, maybe Detroit, um, you know, him playing with someone like Kate Cunningham would certainly be a lot of fun. So we'll, we'll kind of see, but those are kind of, uh, the main guys for me. I certainly have a lot more research to do on all the draft prospects, but, uh, Noah, any players that you wanted to really talk about? So I think you hit scoot watching scoot, just playing for the G league for two years. I think he's going to be a uh, instant impact guy. I think Brandon Miller, like you said, is going to be an instant impact guy. He can come in and he can score 20 points right from day one, 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists, um, something in that range. I think the Thompson twins are very intriguing. I'm not going to go for first names because I don't want to get one right and the other wrong, but I think both of them are very intriguing. They were with overtime elite. Um, so that'll be a good kind of, you know, showcase for overtime elite to show that their program works as well. And then, Cam Whitmore is in, is kind of a name no one's really talking about outside of those five out of Villanova. Super young, super athletic. Um, he's someone I have seen play in person back when he was in high school, and he's just he, I think his game's grown a little bit since he was at Villanova. He's definitely a you know defensive, athletic kind of guy. So it'll be interesting to see how his skill level is because again, when you're you know in college playing in you know some of those conferences, your athleticism is able to to carry you leaps and bounds ahead. Of some things, but eventually skill will catch up. You look at someone like Blake Griffin, who was first three, four years in the league, he was scoring 25 points. And I think all those points were really just fast break dunks and, and fast break and kind of just, you know, open court opportunities. Whereas you look at him in his later careers when he was sustaining his all-star status, he added a three-point shot. He was getting to work on the post, on the block, from the elbow. So um he's someone to watch in terms of being a um a highly athletic person. Um 
highly athletic forward and someone I just really like is Grady Dick. I mean, I watched a lot of Grady Dick this year. I mean, he he can shoot the piss out of the ball. Just he can. just just shoot that thing. He shot 45 or something like that. Definitely 40 plus and he was he was a difference maker for Kansas. So when when he struggled, they struggled. Um and then D- Jalen Hood Shafino just watching a lot of Indiana is just really really good. Are we still Indiana yeah. fans? No. We are. We are. Oh, we are. we are. We are. Hasn't left. We are. Has not left. How's uh? How's your How's your father done with Indiana recently? He likes Missouri more because of my sister. Oh, he's traded. He's he's given up. He on- still likes Indiana. He doesn't like a lot of the things they do because that's just who he is. He wants them to be high level. But I try to explain to him like, no, this is good. And Indiana just got a commit from Mackenzie and Baku, who I've seen play multiple times and who's who is a pro. So Indiana on the rise, stock rising. Bet on it. Awesome. All right. I, that might be our our draft next year. You know, with my my dad's like, we might have to think about Indiana. If Noah's recommending it, we gotta at least put it on the back burner. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. And think about it. Um, all right. Look, enough of the uh the next generation. Let's talk about the current generation. We got the NBA playoffs. We're in the midst of it. Um, are all the semifinals done? Yes, sir. They're all done. Um, so let's start in the East. We'll go over, you know, a couple of them. Trevor, your Heat. What's going on, in Miami? Oh, I don't know. I, I think at that's this point, um, my expectations have already been drastically exceeded. Um, I am thrilled with everything that's happened, and now it seems like they're playing with house money. But at the same time, there's a chance here that they could win the title. I mean, I think that's how wide open it is this season. Um, the team I thought that was going to win the title, they knocked out the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so, you know, you still have four really solid teams or three other solid teams left in the Celtics, Nuggets and Lakers. But, you know, I'm I'm just along for the ride. We'll see. Celtics is going to be a tough matchup. I was kind of hoping they would get the Sixers because I was a little more confident they could beat the Sixers. But that did not happen, obviously. Um, so it's going to be fun to see, you know, the Heat beat the Knicks four to two in the series. Um, and it's not like, like Jimmy Butler, he was awesome in the Bucks series. It's not like he really had to be awesome every single game in this series because they got contributions from a number of other players, obviously Bam doing what he normally does on defense. Max Struess, who I love Max Struess, DePaul alum out of Chicago, um, really playing a big role, kind of coming alive. Um, the heat all season, they were like the, I believe the worst three-point shooting team by percentage or they one, were of, the one of the lowest they might have been the I worst saw on Twitter about it's it. pretty bad um but they you know n- they weren't amazing in the series as far as three-point shooting but it's certainly better than what it has been so I'm happy with that and again I'm just along for the ride it was a good one over the Knicks um you know Eric Spolstra I think there's a real question that he might be the best coach in the I, NBA you know, when I saw this on the note it's not in question anymore I, yeah. I when I so earlier today when I just I was just chilling working I was thinking about this and I was like I gotta ask question I gotta ask Trevor and know this question today and then you had it on the note is Spolstra the best coach in the league right now I mean he's bought this has been multiple years now we saw this in the bubble too where he bought teams that really have no reason to be in the positions they're in and elevated them up I mean Noah do you think like there's no question like you said there's no question he's at the top one hundred percent and it helps when. You know, he can say what he wants about his playoffs and all that. Jimmy Butler has another switch in the playoffs. And it helps when you have a player who is going to be in the Hall of Fame that has that switch that can, you know, I wouldn't say he goes through the regular season, but when it's playoff time, you can count on Jimmy Butler to win you series. And Jimmy Butler has won the last two series. And um, going back to what Trevor was saying, Trevor, I completely disagree. I think Jimmy Butler was in complete control in the Knicks series. 
complete control. I mean, you look at everything he did, whether it was from rebounding, passing defense. He he did have one one bad turnover where I think Quentin Grimes stole the ball from him, and um, I think it was game five. But other than that, I think Jimmy Butler had complete and utter control of the first two rounds of the playoffs. And there's one reason why he's not going to have control against the Celtics, and that reason's Jason Tatum. You know, I I was also thinking about it with, about Jimmy Butler, and it just seems like that man's a winner. It yeah. it seems like he'll do whatever he can to make his teams win. He's a flat he's out not selfish. He's he just seems like he's a wonderful teammate and is a wonderful person to be around. You know, so like that's why I want to ask this question: Is I was like, is Spo like, is he really that guy? Do you do you think he's there, Trevor? Like, he's the number one coach in the league. I mean, I I think at this point he probably has to be because when you compare the overall talent of these four rosters remaining, I think the Heat pretty clearly are the worst. They're, yeah. they're the least talented roster of these four teams left. Um, and you compare them to, I mean, even the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks now obviously they had. I mean, quickly did get injured midway through the series. Who's a big part of their team regular season. And, you know, Julius Randle, he, you know, he wasn't as good in the playoffs as he was in the regular season. But talent-wise, I don't know if they were as talented as the Knicks necessarily. I mean, the Cavs who were eliminated. Uh, sorry, sorry to mention that. But don't know if they were as talented as the Cavs. Who so you apologize to? We could go. <laughs> not apologize to me. Not you. You Cavs fans still know us? Because you're not a fan of any team. They have more right? talent than the Cavs. Outside of the Cavs' top four, there's not there's not a lot there. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tough call, but... Yeah, I mean, it's it's just been an awesome ride for the Heat. And, you know, besides the Heat, I, I want to definitely give a shout out to Jalen Brunson because he's been absolutely awesome Jalen Brunson's this entire insane. season. And watching him, you know, there's always, it's kind of, there's no really analysis about this, but when you're watching a game, there's certain players that are on opposing teams yes. where you just kind of like, you're scared of them. You're like, please stop. Yep. Please stop what you're doing, Jalen Brunson. You're just destroying my team right now and you're making me very upset and he did that in game two he almost he kind of did in game four yeah and yeah it's just like and when we were watching those games i was like obviously doing it to mess with you and piss you off but i kept on saying i was like yo they have brunson like it's never over but like it's the truth he really is that guy i think that and i've talked about on the podcast and i'm sure you'll agree with me too noah and, and trevor but like that trade the mavs that's so dumb, giving up Brunson. I can't believe like the type of player well, he's they, become. Well, he just kind of walked. He walked. It was they, free agency. Yeah, they didn't want to. Free agency. So or they, they didn't want to pay him, I guess. In hi- yeah. yeah, in hindsight, certainly seems like a mistake for them not paying him. Um, I mean, just like now now they're in a situation where they have Kyrie. And I mean, I, straight up, I think Jalen Brunson. Yeah, t- Kyrie is the team killer. Yeah. I mean, that man destroys teams. I mean, people on Twitter wouldn't agree, but I think Jalen Brunson's a better player than Kyrie. I'd much rather Jalen Brunson's way Brunson better than Kyrie, than Kyrie Irving. So. Kyrie Irving still more is one of the top skilled players I agree. in the NBA. Yeah, yes. I agree with that. But in terms of who you want to build a winner around, yes. I don't even want to get into this because Kyrie Irving's an all-time point guard. Yeah, no, no. I, Kyrie I think Irving's no. an all-time point guard. Jalen Brunson had an unreal season. We're not taking that away from him, but comparing him to Kyrie Irving after one good season, after what? everything Kyrie's done that's a whole other if yeah, we're, if we're taking wild. just like right now, looking at right their now. talent not not a team aspect is who has more basketball talent I don't think anyone's disputing one yeah. of them has more basketball talent it's Kyrie yeah. Irving but in terms of who you want on your basketball team which is what the end what right basketball is about I mean I there's I'm in a hundred out of a hundred times taking David Brunson over Kyrie Irving in the year 2023 no, yes not yeah. not 2016 not but 2016 but maybe, right now I mean there is absolutely no dispute um yeah. But let's keep it moving here. Let's go to the other series that we had in the East. We had Sixers, Celtics, um, and the Celtics pulled it out in Game Seven. Um, I don't know if it. it I'm going to stop you real quick because the Celtics did not pull that out. Jason Tatum single handedly won that series, going back to the last five minutes of Game Six, 
and game seven, Jason Tatum single-handedly won that series for Boston. You look at some of those shots he was hitting in game six when the when it looked like the Sixers were about to take the Celtics out. Unreal. Unreal. Just absolutely unreal. And then you go, you look at his game seven. He had one three in the first half and had 27 points. I mean, he was scoring from all three levels. And then you wake, and then that third quarter was just, I mean, they just woke up a sleeping beast and, and Tatum just really just put it on them. And that, I mean, that, that was it. You have, you have a team in Boston who's been together now for three, four years that got their first taste of the finals last year. And instead of just kind of saying, you know, what Chris Paul said, where now I got it and I'm addicted, the Celtics took it as a learning experience. Instead of saying, all right, I'm addicted. I need that back. They looked at it. They took a step back. They looked at it, said, what, how can we learn from this? They have that mental stamina that it takes to play late into June. They have that, that, it whatever it is, they have that right now. They they have that collectiveness. They have that trust in each other. And when Jason Tatum turns it on, as he humbly said, he is one of the best basketball players in the world. And with all due respect to LeBron James, because LeBron James is, you know, it's 1A, 1B, him and Mike. Jason Tatum is the best player remaining in the conference finals. The same way Jimmy Butler can take it to another level. So can Tatum. And I know Jokic is an MVP. I know there's LeBron. I know there's Jimmy. After what he did in his all-time performance yesterday, Jason Tatum is the best player remaining in the playoffs. Uh, So, look, Noah, I was with you. You said something about LeBron not being the best player, and I blacked out for a second. Uh, Trevor, it seems like maybe you want to piggyback on it. Here, do you want to you want to comment on that? Um, is Jason Tatum the best player left in the the NBA well, playoffs? Well, no, I think it's Jokic. But um, with with the series, because I I do agree with a lot of what Noah was saying. I mean, Tatum was incredible. I mean, Game Six. I mean, for him to just turn it on, and yes, he had the bad start. Obviously, one for thirteen. It does happen to players, you know. Like we've seen it famously with some of the best players of all time, you know, where they have. Uh, bad shooting nights, slow nights. They find ways to win for their team, and that's what Jason Tatum did in Game Six. Um, and then in Game Seven, he has the most points ever in a Game Seven in the playoffs: fifty-one points, thirteen rebounds, five assists. He made six of ten threes, so he was incredible. And I think there was a point where it's it's just incredible how, like, in a matter of days, people's takes or people's opinions on something can change. Where it's like. Jason Tatum, he's one for 13, and it's a point where this this is like a slide, what is it, a sliding doors moment, or I don't know what this phrase is. I, I don't but, know what you're trying to do. But it's like a, a moment where it seemed like Philly was about to win the series, it was about to happen in game six, and then Jason Tatum decided, no, this is not happening, um, I'm not letting this happen, similar to what he did last year against Milwaukee in game six. It's called being him. Being him. He <laughs> took over, then he had like 46 points in that game, and then obviously Boston would go on to win game seven. Did the same thing here, and he had an incredible performance um, in the Garden once again for Tatum. So it's incredible. Um, I think the Celtics have found a couple things. Marcus Smart, I think, is playing better than he was uh, in the first round against Atlanta. So I think that's a good thing to see. And I'm also curious about like Robert Williams because they've been obviously he's had a lot of injury history recently. When he's healthy in the lineup, he's a very lethal force. He's something that when I think about the Heat Celtics matchup, I'm a little worried about because I know. Um, what he can be as a rim protector when he's in the lineup. And we saw these last two games, um, it's not just Robert Williams, it's the Celtics as a team as a whole, but 
Sixers had 88 points in Game 7, only 86 points in Game 6. So the Celtics are really turning on that defensive effort. And this is the thing with the Celtics now because they've been a little, it's teeter-tottery on like they're, they have, they're having some bad showings. They kind of played with their food a little bit against Atlanta. But in Game 7, this is kind of the Celtics team that when they're playing to their full potential, they're probably the best team left. So that's just the thing I'm thinking about on the side of like, the Celtics, I think they're the most talented roster left, but I'm still waiting to see because they do play around sometimes. And, um, you know, it, it's just weird. They're a weird team, but they are, they have the talent there to win a title for sure. So I, I got to go back to the statement Noah said because you, you didn't really, you didn't really answer his, his statement there. He said Jason Tatum's the best player left in the playoffs, right? I, I, right. That's, that's at this point in time on May 15th at 9 39 p.m. Jason Tatum is the best player remaining in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, why don't you just dox us while you're at it? Just say our whole address too. Just, <laughs> don't do that, <laughs> please. Uh, Trevor, do you do you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, I said it's Jokic. It's Jokic. Yeah, Jokic is the best player. All right, uh, it's crazy. Both of you are wrong. I've never heard terrible takes like this. Um, LeBron James is the best player uh, still in the playoffs. Okay. LeBron, frankly, the best player ever. LeBron has not been the best player on his teams a couple games. It's been Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the X factor. With I don't the even Lakers. know who that is. Anthony Davis is the X factor with the Lakers. And if you, you claim to be a, well, we already decided you're a fake LeBron fan, but if you <laughs> claim to be a real LeBron fan and you follow the Lakers, then you would know that they go as Anthony Davis goes. It's been that trend the whole postseason. That's why there was a whole thing on him where he has a good game, then a bad game, good game, then a bad game, because when he has a bad game, the Lakers do bad. So if you can make the argument that LeBron's, there's an argument that he's the best player that's played in the NBA while I'm team Mike and well, that's just dumb LeBron LeBron's great. Like I don't want to take away from LeBron or anything. I but, think great. Great's actually an understatement. But he scored 30, Perfect he scored 30 points for the first time in 19 games in the playoffs mm -hmm. the other day. Anthony Davis has been scoring 30 points the whole time. So LeBron, while he may be the best player on his team, he's not really the most important because it's shown that Anthony Davis is the most important player on his team. Mm -hmm. You look at the Nuggets, Jokic is the most important and best player on his team. You look at the Celtics, Tatum, both of those things. Jimmy Butler on the Heat, both of those things. So who am I taking in a playoff series? I don't know. I'm sticking with my original statement that Jason Tatum's the best player remaining in the playoffs. So do you think the Celtics have this in the bag? I don't think they have it in a bag. No, there's three very, very good teams remaining. Jimmy Butler is a player that can flip that switch. And you saw in the playoffs last year, Heat versus Celtics, the Heat are one shot away from going to the finals, that Jimmy Butler pull up three. And that's a shot that they've said they'll live with. So, and that's a shot that he's definitely capable of hitting. I don't think the Celtics have it in the bag, but I do agree with Vegas that they're the favorites right now. So let's, let's get into it here. What is your pick for this upcoming series? Celtics, Heat. What do you what do you got? I'm going Celtics and seven. Okay, interesting. Trevor, what do you think? Um, unfortunately, we I'm, don't do I'm, we don't uh, do the we don't do the garbage anymore. No more fake no, no, no. juju. So, so Real opinion. I'll, I'll admit on this podcast. Okay, oh, let's hear it. First series, it was Heat Bucks. I said it was going to be Bucks and five. Yeah, that's reasonable. That was a honest prediction. Yeah, I feel that Jimmy Butler would get them one game, but it would be Bucks and five. They were my title pick. Yeah, I was obviously wrong. Next Heat series. I said Nixon seven. Now, yeah, you were capping, and I called it. I called it on the podcast. I said we're not doing that anymore. I was, you and Ben, you and I Ben was, claim that I, I do it, 50, and then you guys 50. have become worse than me. I was fifty fifty on that series. Mm -hmm. I was it was a toss up. So it was a toss up, and I couldn't make up my mind. I was like, you know what? Reverse jinx. <laughs> they they come through for me. I hate you. I I'm hate picking you. the Knicks. 
So it's a tiebreaker. Yeah. It's not, it's fair. It's fair. It's, it's not fair. It's um, not. But now this is really my pick. This is really what I think is going to happen. All right, let's I, hear it. So I agree with Noah. I think the Celtics are going to win it in seven. Um, I'm still, you know, I, Jimmy Butler will get them one or two games. Spolstra is the best coach, certainly in this matchup, but in general in the playoffs left. Um, Joe Mazzola, you know, I think he has kind of rejuvenated some of the concerns. Certainly, usually all the Joe Mazzola concerns I hear are from Celtics fans. I listen to Bill Simmons. He's always talking about Joe Mazzola and issues he has with him. I hear other Celtics talk about it on Twitter all the time. Right. Um, so, you know, there's definitely that concern, I think, with the Celtics and just them being inconsistent. But overall, the Celtics are a much more talented team than Miami Heat. I would be pretty surprised. Well, not pretty surprised because the Heat are capable of winning the series, but the Celtics shouldn't lose the series. They shouldn't. And if I, they did, it would be pretty disappointing. And I, if I was a Celtics fan, I'd be very upset at them losing to the Heat. I really want to pick the Heat. I really do. I want to be different. I want to be goofy. I want to make the pick. And I want you to be happy, Trevor. And I want the Heat to make it. But I can't make the pick. They're not going to win. <laughs> it's going to be the Celtics. And you can think of this as two ways, Trevor. You can think of it as a reverse jinx where I'm like so certain. I'm like the Celtics to win. I did this with the Bucks. Do you remember we had a podcast and you were like, oh, look, the the Heat won a game. And I'm like, all right, Bucks in five. And then it was like, oh, the yeah. Heat won two games. I'm like, Bucks in six. And then and then so it just wrong. went away. So it was wrong. so wrong. And I'm happy I was wrong. But here's here's the thing. I'm wrong. gonna go Celtics in six. I just think the the talent gap is a little too big. It's gonna be overpowering. The two games that the 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 Heat pull out are gonna be Jimmy Butler, just phenomenal matches. No, you got an interesting looking face. Do you got you we wanna comment on something here? Well, I just in the in the playoffs it always comes down to, you know, give the best player the ball, pick and roll, get out of the way. Yeah. Right. And all of that comes down to is, you know. The, the Celtics and the Heat have both had some real good actions where they kind of empty out the weak side as the pick's coming, so it makes it easier to throw a lob. You look at something that I personally think the Celtics should do more is kind of have that um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown screen and roll. Obviously, you look at it, two best defenders on the opposite team are going to be guarding those two guys, so it's a little hard, and you kind of got to get tricky with it. But at the end of the day, when you're, you're in clutch time in a playoff game, in, in a high-level playoff game like the conference finals, it's going to be as much as you don't want it to be your turn, my turn, running the pick and roll. That's what it ultimately comes down to. Yep. On a team like the Celtics where you have two two primary ball handlers in Tatum and Brown, it comes down to your turn, run a pick and roll, my turn, run a pick and roll. And and a lot of this comes down to whose two-man game is better. And you, looked at, you look at game seven, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum – were levels better than James Harden and Joel Embiid throughout the game. I mean, Harden and Embiid, I mean, I don't want to say sucked because I feel like that's a very harsh word, but they... <laughs> Trevor seems to agree with that. But, yeah. but they, they, they even, sucked. Yeah. Like, they sucked. <laughs> they sucked. They, no, I they like how you're like, sucked. Did. Noah's like, I don't want to say they sucked, but they were trash. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Brandon, you transitioned into the prediction thing, so I didn't even get to unload my uh, Philly uh, little tirade. Oh, God, go he's the MVP, and he goes 4 of 19 from the field. I agree. I mean, Joel Embiid, like, he, he won the MVP, finally got it, the one that he so desperately coveted. Um, and then in this series, you can tell, like, you know, I, I love Joe Embiid, but like his demeanor versus Jimmy, he wanted that MVP so bad. In fact, he probably yeah, wanted that more than winning. Which, like, it's fine to want the MVP, but you have to still perform the same at the same level. Well, really, you're supposed to perform higher in the playoffs, and he didn't do that this season. And he, there's a couple other times in the playoffs he hasn't done that. And you could say, well, I don't know, he's injured, and I know he had, was out in game one, so 
we don't really know exactly how um how much this injury has affected him but the bottom line is like you know when you're the best player in your team you kind of got to play through those injuries and step up yeah. and play your best basketball and he averaged let's see 26 points nine rebounds on 42 percent shooting i mean he's a center he's averaging 42 percent. that's not very good and you go back to the matter of fact that is your best we're not in a point anymore where your best player can be a center like Embiid and Jokic and, and Giannis trying to get back to that. However, you look at it like there were multiple times where Embiid would get switched on to Tatum, right? And Tatum was either getting by him or if Embiid was sitting back on him, Tatum pulled up yeah. and he was just on and he was making it. And you know, as much as I'm out on Doc Rivers, like yesterday was one of those. Doc Rivers gave Jason Tatum all he had. He changed his schemes. Drop first of all, should not should never have done a drop scheme, but he tried to drop scheme. He blitzed him. He switched him. And like Jason Tatum was a cheat code yesterday. Jason K- Tatum was on some 2K time. He was. Yeah. And when you do that, it's you know you're not going to have an answer. And when you defend Joel Embiid the way the Celtics did. It's going to be harder for you to get going. It's going to be harder to do whatever. But then you look at his supporting cast, and while I do think he didn't take enough blame for the loss, I mean, they were missing so many open threes, guys. They were missing so many open threes. And, like, it it gave me, I reminisced about in 2018, or 2017 or 2018, Game 7, Rockets-Warriors, where the Rockets played a great game, and then they just missed... 20-something threes in a row. 27. 27 threes in a row and shot themselves out of the game. That same thing happened with Philly. Like, they needed a basket, and they just... There were times where they were in the paint, and they kicked it out. There were times in the opening quarter where I watched, where James Harden got into the paint, decided to kick it out instead. And If if you're just going to be relying on threes, then you got to be okay that sometimes you're going to shoot 20% from three like they did yesterday unless you can score from all three levels like Boston was, then it makes it a little easier to not have to rely on the three, but they relied on the three ball and it let them down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, cause that's been mentioned a lot, like how they were really taking advantage of Embiid like on defense and Embiid, you know, normally like he's a great defender, but you can still take advantage of playing against someone. You have a player like Jason Tatum or even Jalen Brown sometimes. So yeah, that's that's definitely an issue for Philly, and they still haven't made a conference finals with Embiid. Um, this is now I don't know five six years at least that they've had a you know a pretty solid team. I mean, back to like 2019, obviously they lose in the Kawhi shot in the semis. I mean, that's a team that they had enough talent to theoretically win the title. I mean, the Warriors had a lot of injuries that year. It was possible, and instead it's you know Kawhi hits the shots Toronto, obviously, but they've had a lot of opportunities, and then. The bubble year, or what was it, 2021, they lose to Atlanta. They never should have lost Atlanta. And part of that was Simmons, and I get it. but All of that was Simmons? Yeah, all of it was Simmons. But it's just like... He was the, trolling them, too. The, the team as a whole, which is ridiculous. We don't even need to... That was really We don't ridiculous. even need to give that attention. That's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, so back to the Heat Celtics series. The only other thing I wanted to mention is, I'm curious to see, because the Heat need... Yes, Jimmy Butler is going to be awesome. I mean... Yes, because the Celtics still throw different defenders at him. Last year, it didn't really matter. He was still awesome. But they're going to need more offense. And Tyler Hero's out. I, I don't feel great. that I don't really think he's going to come back at all. So if you don't have Tyler Hero, 
Um, then it's going to be like Max Struess, more Kyle Lowry. It has to be a combination of those guys. And you also might need a really good BAM game. And again, that comes back to the Robert Williams thing where it's like if he's, you know, healthy and he's looking good, that's that's just, you know, I'm worried about that. So the Celtics have so many different options. Again, they're the most talented roster left and it's going to be tough. It's possible, but it's going to be tough. For sure. Well, I think we'll move to the West here. I think that kind of gives a, a nice wrap up from the East. Uh, we moved to the West. We've had uh, two interesting series here. We had the Nucks, Nuggets beat the Suns 4-2. And, of course, the Lakers, naturally, I called it in six games. <laughs> they won 4-2 uh, over the Warriors. Um, so let's start with the Nuggets-Suns series. Um, and there's a lot of interesting storylines here. Um, the first thing I want to touch on is Monty Williams out. Did either one of you expect this? No, I'll start with you. Did you expect Monty Williams to be out after this type of series? I think I think there's a lot of different factors to go into it, not just the series. For starters, it's the second straight year where they've been in an elimination game at home and they just got blitzed, just straight out got blitzed. You look at Dallas last year and then again this year um, versus Denver. The second one is... From my understanding, Matt Ishbia was never really warm on Monty Williams, and this kind of gave him an easy out. Um, I don't think all of it's Monty Williams' fault. There were times where I think DeAndre Ayton just forgot he was playing in a National Basketball Association game on defense, and they're too thin. But going back to the original question, Monty Williams, I don't think it was just this loss. I think there were multiple factors that kind of um, that played into it. Trevor, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like the the new new owner syndrome is what people dub it as. Like, you know, usually the new owner comes in, he wants to make a splash. Obviously, we saw the KD trade. That's part of it. When it seemed clear that before Ishbia came in, they didn't want to do it because they had an opportunity to do it last summer. But it seems like, I don't know, maybe they didn't want to throw in Macau Bridges in the trade or whatever the case may be. Uh, they didn't want to make the trade last summer when they probably could have. But Matt Ishbia comes in and they they wanted to make it happen because, you know, he was on Bill's, Bill Simmons's podcast doing an interview and he kind of was like, well, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, that's what I care about. So, yeah, it's part of that. I mean, obviously, he he must think that Monty Williams isn't the guy that's going to be able to take him to the title. And, you know, I like Monty Williams a lot. And he had a, you know, last season, they had that awesome regular season. But it's 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 a little bit hard to defend when you do have two uh, games like this where you get, you know, beaten the first half by 30 points. I mean, against Dallas last year, I think it was 87-57 or something like that. Or, I don't know, they were down by 30. And then the first half of this close that game against Denver, they were down by 30 at halftime. So it's not a good look, obviously, from that standpoint. And also, it, it kind of, it, it wasn't surprising, the fact that the Nuggets won this in six, because they lose Chris Paul. You know, they don't have a lot of depth. The Nuggets, they're a, a well-oiled machine. You they, don't like campaign? No, campaign. No, I don't like campaign. <laughs> um, they're a well-oiled machine. Trevor hates campaign. They he play really it. good Campaign's together. Campaign's forever a 73 and 2K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're just they're just such a good team. The Nuggets, they, they came together in, what, March? And then Durant got hurt again. So it's And then the role players just aren't that good. I mean, in this series, I'm looking at the stats right now. Besides Durant and Booker, it looks like, well, so Aiton averaged 10.8 points per game. No one else averaged double digits in points other than Booker and Durant. So that was their team. It was two guys. It was Booker and Durant, and that's it because DeAndre Aiton, he was the number one pick. He hasn't lived up to that. He hasn't lived up to that at all. So 
Uh, he's another very big disappointment. And Chris Paul was hurt, so and he's 38 now. So where do the Suns go from here? I don't know. It's going to be tough because their money's tied up in these guys, and I don't know how they're going to make moves to improve the depth around Durant and Booker. It's going to be very difficult. Yeah. So let's go to the actual series, talk a little bit about the Nuggets. You know, no, what did you see from this series that you think is a positive for the Nuggets moving forward? Besides winning, of course. Besides winning, uh, they're getting they're getting that support that, that Jokic didn't have when Jamal Murray was out, right? Jamal Murray can go nuclear on any given night. KCP has proven that he's a capable player on a championship team. Aaron Gordon, for the last year and a half, has proven that he's a capable, capable side piece. And as much as Michael Porter Jr. is kind of a black hole on offense, he gets the ball, ball shoots it, you know, doesn't pass the ball a lot. He's capable to go nuclear every once in a while. And so you have guys that will play defense. You have, you know, an MVP caliber player, an all-time great in in Jokic, and I don't think it's too early to, to call him an all-time great. Um, and they're deep, man. Bruce Bruce Brown is just a real gadget guy. Christian Brown's giving them good minutes. I mean, they're just – I think they are – I think them and Boston are the two most well-rounded teams right now. But – um yeah, we'll we'll save the butt. So to get into to get into it with the Lakers, but we'll save the butt focusing on Denver. Like I said, I think they're very well-rounded. I think they have the 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 role players that, you know, a team like Phoenix didn't have. So you know, I yeah. Good ending to that one, buddy. You did yeah, a great I, job. I was, I'm really proud of you. I, uh, words are hard. Yeah, sometimes words are difficult. Trevor, hopefully the words aren't quite as hard for you. What do you think about the Nuggets outlook moving forward here? Yeah, well, first of all, they have Nikola Jokic, who mm-hmm. I think is the best player left. I mean, in this mm-hmm. series, look at I don't know. Look at these numbers, Brandon. Look at this. Basketball reference. Look, look at this. He averaged 34.5 points, 13.2 rebounds, and 10.3 assists on 59% shooting, 44% shooting from three. Who does that? Who does uh, that? LeBron James does that. Yeah, in, in like 2016, he did no, that. No, no, he can do it not now. Not in 2023. He can do it now. Look, those are <laughs> those numbers are pretty solid. They're just not LeBron numbers. That's that's ultimately what they're, it is. They're not. They, they might not be. Well, they. I mean, they are. They're pretty similar to probably LeBron's twenty sixteen or seventeen numbers. Um, it's just that LeBron's not doing them at age thirty eight, unfortunately, because Father Time's undefeated. Um, even, not with LeBron James. Even for someone like Tom Brady, it's undefeated. You know. Well, that makes um, sense. For Tom Brady, it makes sense. LeBron James it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So they have Jokic. And, um, you know, Noah kind of said all the other stuff. I mean, they have a really good supporting cast around him. This is the first time they have a complete team around him. I mean, you could argue like the bubble, the bubble year 2020. They had a decent team around him for sure. But this one's better. Um, and Jokic is better. So this is the first time I think he has a real shot uh, to win a title. Um, they've been clicking really well. Jamal Murray's getting very close to the level. I don't know if he's, he had a couple games where it was like, okay, this is the Jamal Murray we saw a couple years ago. For the most part, it's there. Maybe there's a little bit uh, left we can see. But just besides that, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., obviously KCP, um, and then Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is just a very good glue guy. You know, he's a, he's a winner. He's a really good player to have on your team, set screens, play good defense. So, yeah, they have a really solid roster. Um, and this Lakers matchup is going to be a really fun one. I mean, getting two two really great all-time bigs, Jokic and Davis, it's going to be an awesome matchup. 100%. So let's let's talk about the Lakers. Um, you know, they they beat the Warriors. We LeBron ends the Warriors dynasty, of course. Um, you know, just, just slays them. 
which makes perfect sense. He owns the Warriors. Um, LeBron's pretty old, but he's performing at his all-time peak. No, you you have a look of disgust over there. Uh, like I'm not saying the truth. You know, what did you think about this series? And do you have any comments on some of the stuff? Well, I Well, the said? fact that you'd have to say LeBron owns the Warriors when he went one and three against the Warriors in the championship. I don't think those numbers then... are correct. Pretty sure he's undefeated against him. I'm gonna phase you out of this conversation. <laughs> keep, keep on going though, Noah. What did you think about this Warriors series? I I think that that it exposed the Warriors' weakness. And one, I think the current roster as assembled was maxed out. Right? You look at the the teams they've had in their four championships and their five runs to the finals. Right? Outside of Steph, Clay, and Draymond, they had another scoring wing. Right? That yeah. first year it was Iggy, Iguodala. Then they had Durant, which was just unfair. They also had and that then, first year. They had Harrison Barnes. Harrison too, who Barnes. Was great. Yep, one hundred percent. And then last year they had a you know you might laugh at me for saying this, but they had Otto Porter who who was a capable they also had shot, right? shot maker. They still have Wiggins, but no, I know. But Wiggins hasn't been as good this year versus last year. He was like, why am I wrong, Trevor? I thought he was like no, amazing right. last year. You're right. But they had another shot making wing, and yeah. they didn't really have that. They were relying on kind of unproven guys like Dante Divincenzo's good, but he's extremely extremely streaky. You, you know, I never understood. I don't know how you feel about this, Trevor. I never understood when they traded James Weissman to Detroit and then flipped Sadiq Bay. I didn't understand that. I thought Sadiq Bay would have been perfect with them. I thought Sadiq Bay was that big scoring wing that they they were missing. I, I didn't understand why they flipped Sadiq Bay to Atlanta. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, I'm he, really bad with run on sentences tonight. <laughs> no, you're good. No, it does end. Look at look at me. Look at me. You can just end your sentence and then start a new one. It's a really interesting concept. Like I believe in you. I know you could do it. No, but you're 100 percent right. Uh, yeah, Sadiq Bay could have been a good piece for me. It's a so it's a few different things with the Warriors because I think, you know, Brandon kind of mentioned uh, that. So he thinks that the Warriors dynasty is over. And I think I agree. I think I do agree because and it, it has nothing to do with Steph. Steph's still awesome. He's still incredible. Um, it's the team around him. And they have a lot of decisions to make as far as, uh, you know, their salary cap. They got to pay a lot of money to a lot of players. I think Clay Thompson has a player option, so he's going to take that. Draymond Green, what's going to happen with him in the offseason? I mean, Draymond Green clearly, I think, has been declining uh, over this past year, year and a half. Um, and even like... Because even last year, he had, like, that one really good finals game where he at least, like, he was still kind of, like, the team leader. And you could see him, like, he's, you know, just kind of imposing his will on Boston, the finals. And he's really, um, you know, he he's talking a lot. And he's just the guy that's kind of affecting, you know, a Jason Tatum or a J- Jalen Brown, trying to slow them down. But Draymond Green's friends with LeBron. Like he, lo- like, he loves LeBron. He always talks about it. He's not going and trash-talking LeBron, trying to get inside his head. He's saying, hey, LeBron, how you doing? Uh, you want to come on my podcast? You want to go out for some wine? As, as he should, I'd like to point yeah, out. That's what wanna, he should you do. You want to drink some wine after this? Uh, that's that's what he's doing. He wants to be friends with LeBron. He wants to go talk I mean, about it on his podcast Who after. doesn't? So Draymond's not quite as good anymore. I don't really think he'll be on the Warriors next year. We'll see. Um, I don't know if he will. Um, he said on his pod they're running it back. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I think we'll he'll see. be back. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's what Draymond Clay. I mean, Clay, you know, it comes and it goes. I mean, he averaged 16 points in this game, which isn't obviously what he was when he was at his best. Um, you know, which it kind of is what it is. Wiggins, though, Wiggins, 
um, was really good last year. He was awesome for the Warriors. He was very important for them. They would not have won the title without him. And he hasn't been the same player this year. You know, it's kind of as simple as that. And then Jordan Poole, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to go on to a, a rant about Jordan Poole, but he's clearly uh, not even close to the same player. He looked un, unplayable in a couple of those games, uh, particularly on defense. They, you know, LeBron and Austin Reeves and all those guys just absolutely pick on Jordan Poole because uh, he can't guard. He's a traffic cone out there sometimes. So it, it hurts. And Looney, I think, had, you know, minor injury. He didn't seem to be quite as effective near the end of the series, although Looney overall, I think, has been a really important player for the Warriors. Um, he was last series, at least. So it's tough for the Warriors. But overall, that's the thing. Like, they don't have the piece around Steph anymore to win. And obviously, they made bets on some of these young players. They were trying to, you know, do two timelines at once. They were trying to win now, but they were also trying to develop these young players like Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, DiVincenzo, all these guys. And it hasn't really worked out. Kaminga, Kaminga is another one. And you could argue, well, maybe they should have made different picks. Maybe they should have drafted LaMelo instead of Wiseman. Maybe they should have drafted uh, Franz Wagner instead of Kaminga. Maybe they'd be in a better place. Or they should have used those picks to try to get other surrounding depth and just go all in on winning and not even focus on, you know, developing these young players because it's really hard to do two timelines at once. I'm definitely on the the ladder of the ones where they should have traded those picks for guys to build around the, the you know, the the big three that they have and tried to continue that success because now you're at this point, like Noel pointed out, and, you know, like you've said, Trevor, we're at this point where they, they struggled because of the talent around them, you know, as well as like, you know, some of their main outside of Steph, main guys not playing as well. They don't have the talent, that extra shooter that Noah talked about to really, you know, reach that next level. And I think that's ultimately kind of what it came down to. Um, any other thoughts from either of you guys on this before we give our Western Conference Finals predictions? No, no, no I, I mean, had something and I lost it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, we could shout out the Lakers and how well they played, you know. I, um, I got it back. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Um, for everyone that says defense doesn't win championships in the NBA with how skilled some of these offensive players are, that's just wrong. Because there are guys, look at uh, a Jordan Poole, that was completely unplayable. I mean, he lost his jump shot, but he was completely unplayable because of defense. So anyone that says defense does not win championships, especially in the NBA, you're wrong. You are wrong. Wrong. Pointing at Brandon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely like uh, in the NBA in general, I'm definitely a big proponent of like the defense hasn't mattered nearly as much. However, in the playoffs, that's a vastly different story. The games just mean a lot more, and guys try way harder. Where it's 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 a big difference, and big, as big it difference. should be. Guys don't yeah. guys don't get salaries in the playoffs. Like they are just straight competitors here. Yeah. Your salary's paid for in the regular season. That's why you see something like a playoff Hemi Butler stuff like that, or, yeah. or Jason Tatum going for fifty one and, and saving a season and stuff like that. Because these guys are just straight competitors when it comes to the postseason, and they really lock in. and And some guys are able to kind of go up to that next level, and, and some guys aren't. So let's get to our predictions here, Western Conference Finals. No, I'm going to start with you. We have Nuggets, Lakers. What do you think is going to happen? So first off, there's a couple things that are going to be interesting, right? Jokic has absolutely dominated the paint through their first two series, right? He hasn't played someone as good as Anthony Davis on the interior. And I don't want – DeAndre Ayton was not good at all on the interior. Um he tore apart, who was it, the Timberwolves in the first round? Yeah. Yeah, tore them apart. I'm also out on Rudy Gobert, Rudy but that's Gobert. that's a whole <laughs> separate conversation that I don't feel like getting into tonight. Um, 
so it'll be interesting to see Davis Davis versus Jokic because, like I said, going back to it, this is the first time Jokic has had to face like a, a capable inside defender. So I think that's going to be a key factor. And then um, who's with the Lakers? Who's going to guard who? And also for the Nuggets, who's going to guard who? You know, the Nuggets have two capable defenders they can throw at LeBron and in um, in Aaron Gordon and. Maybe KCP, I assume it's going to be Aaron Gordon taking the majority of the reps on defense. But then also, how are the Nuggets going to guard when Anthony Davis ball screens? Are they going to drop on him, live with him shooting? Because I think that's a Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis is shooting, not as good as Anthony Davis dominating the paint. And, you know, there's going to be, I think it's going to be a big three-point series. Lakers are going to do what they do, get out and transition. Nuggets are going to, um, you know, have Jokic controlling the game. I... I think this is harder than the Celtics Heat series. You know, I was talking to one of my buddies earlier, me and him have been picking playoff games and, you know, we both, you know, he's a big, he's the one I was telling you, he's a big LeBron fan, right? So he's obviously Lakers. He says Lakers in six. I, I don't know if it's Lakers in six or Nuggets with seven, but I'm going to stick with what I said earlier. I'm going to go Nuggets in seven. Okay. We'll go across here. I'm going to make mine quick. I mean, you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> what, what do you think I'm going to say, Trevor? You're going to say Lakers in four? It's Lakers in four. This is the easiest series to predict. All right. One, I've said this all, I've said this on the podcast many times. No, you're going to hear it now for the first time. One team has LeBron James and the other doesn't. I know what you're about to say back. You're like, one team is Jokic. I don't care. They don't have LeBron James. One team is LeBron, one team doesn't. Lakers in four. And I know we're scared of certainty on this podcast. So maybe you could say Lakers in five. And I know what you're going to say to that. You're going to be like, Brian, now you're going to say if they went in five or four, you called both of them. No, Lakers in four. I'm calling it here. What All do you right, think, Trevor. Um, you know i I hate to be safe, but I'm. I feel like this is another safe prediction, just like my other one. Um, I have Nuggets in seven. Um, Such a boring pick. Just be like, fun. I well, if it wasn't Nuggets in seven, it was gonna be Nuggets in six. Then say Nuggets in six. Be fun. Nah, Nuggets in seven. Because I do think that the Lakers team, um, what they've accomplished so far, um, obviously I've. You know, I picked against the Lakers in both series. I had Grizzlies in seven. I had Warriors in seven. I was wrong on both of them. But here, third time's the charm. Nuggets in seven. And uh, the Nuggets are going to win because they're a better team. Uh, they've been more well-rounded. And they've been together for this entire year. Yes, the Lakers have found a rhythm. They've been playing really well. Um, but ultimately, Jokic is the best player. And I think that this team they have around him um, is really good. And, you know, the Nuggets, they've gotten a lot of flack about their defense, but I think they proved a lot of people wrong because their defense has been pretty good. There was one game, I think it was game one, maybe, or game two against the Phoenix Suns when they held them, I think under a hundred, they were, uh, really good on defense. I think in a, quite a couple of those games in the last game, the closeout game, uh, they were really good against Booker and Durant. So I think the Nuggets have already, they've already had to deal with Booker and Durant, uh, two very gifted offensive players. Now they're going to play, you know, yes, LeBron, Davis, uh, you know, factors that it's going to be really tough. I think Davis in particular is going to have one or two games that you're going to look up and it's going to be a point where you'll be like, man, how are the Nuggets going to start Anthony Davis? But at the end of the day, I think they have, um, you know, the personnel necessary to kind of take care of it with Jokic and this is where the great players become all-time greats. This is where you get vaulted into that next level. This is what we saw from Giannis a couple years ago in 20 uh 2021 was it or whatever year. Um when Giannis took the next step. I mean to me Giannis is probably a, he's already a top 25 player all-time. Jokic has a chance to do something very similar to that. 
And I think, you know, because of him and because of the team around him that he has now, I think the Nuggets will take it. No, before we wrap the pod here today, uh, I want to give you the the mic for the last few thoughts. Anything you want to comment? It could be about anything, frankly. Well, now I'd love to go down this rabbit hole of all-time greats. <laughs> yes, because... perfect time right at the end of the pod. Yes, <laughs> yes didn't realize it's going to be the end. But Steph Curry is in the argument for top five all-time. After you... what okay. he did last year, after what he did last year, Getting that finals MVP, getting a fourth ring. Him and LeBron defined this generation. Both of them top five all time. And I think Steph Curry is close to taking that mantle if he hasn't already from Magic Johnson as the best point guard of all time. You know what's so funny about this? I'm, I'm going to let you, because I, I, I know you got stuff to say about this. Maybe what, a week ago, right? Or yeah, like a week ago, I walk in the kitchen uh, in the morning and I, I like look at Trevor, I'm like, is, is, is Steph Curry like a top five player ever? I'm like, he just, he just, I mean, scored 50 points. He kept him in the series. And I was like, he, he's, he's so darn good. So good. You know, if we just look at pure talent, he's got to be one of the more talented players just ever. Um, not, unfortunately, I was not talking to Siri there. But, uh, you know, I asked Trevor, I was like, do you think he's top five? I was like, because I think he might be. I'm going to let Trevor respond with what he said to me because Trevor had some interesting thoughts on this. It's so interesting you bring this up because we just yeah, talked about Yeah, I this. mean, it's so tough because, again, like, you get into – because I can, I can sit here. I can compare him to the other players I've watched, right? I can sit here. I can compare him to Durant. I can compare him to Kobe or Tim Duncan, right? Because those are players I think they're in the same tier. I've seen all of those players. Maybe even a Shaq, although Shaq, I missed uh, the earlier stuff. I didn't get really the – three-peat really that much so it's tougher when we get in comparing him with like larry bird or magic johnson it's it's harder um i don't i don't have him top five um right now is it possible that he could eventually get there i i guess just because the way he plays the game it really lends itself to longevity and i think he could play at this level for another four or five years which could give him a chance um but i'm still having a hard time putting him above someone like a kobe or a durant right now so I have him in that, like, I'd probably have him 13 is where I'd have him right now. I'd have to go and revisit it, but I think that's where it would be. Um, but, you know, I, I could definitely do some more looking into it. So I completely disagree with you that Durant's better than him okay. on, a, on an all-time basis. Yes, I I think that Durant is the one of the best, is a top five pure score in yeah. the game. I think he can score from any single spot anytime he wants with ease. Right. But you look at some of the stuff Curry's done over Durant, right? Four to two titles. Mm -hmm. Durant's two titles were with Curry. Yeah. Curry let carried the Warriors to two titles, right? 2015, maybe not as much, but last year he will did. 2018, he was the best player on the floor against the Cavs. No. Yes. 2018, you look at the stats. Do the Warriors, you know, if Durant's not there, does some stuff go another way? Maybe. Who know? Maybe the Cavs win in 2017 if Durant doesn't go to the Warriors, right? Yeah. Steph Curry deserved Finals MVP in 2018. I'll stand by that. In 2019, I mean, they were decimated with with injuries, and Steph Curry was the only one that stayed healthy for that whole series mm-hmm. where he dropped. I don't want to. I might be wrong, but I believe he had multiple 40 point games that series, right? Yeah. Since Durant has left the Warriors. He's been, he's played in maybe 40% of the games. He's hasn't gotten past the second round of the playoffs. Granted, mm-hmm. his, if his foot was a little smaller, he'd, yeah. he, they, they get past the Bucks, right? But you look at what Steph Curry's done without him. Mm-hmm. You look at everything Steph Curry's accomplished 
in the regular season as well. And I think no doubt Steph Curry. Now I just talked myself into it. Steph Curry is top five all time. You know, it's interesting. I, I, pretty much, I pretty much said the same thing as I was like, you look at the accolades. Cause we talked about, that was one thing we talked about was Durant versus Curry. And I was like, if you look yeah. at the accolades of the two, like, I don't know how you can say Durant's better. And like well, Trevor's big point was, if you look at the championships. You, you say LeBron over Jordan, though. That was my counterpoint to you. Because you, you're saying but they LeBron both have, over Jordan. But they both have the stats. Like, I, I we can compare stats. They both have stats that are good for both of them. LeBron is statistically, like, way better in, like, a ton of stats. Yeah, and Durant's statistically better than Curry. No, they're they're close. Curry has a lot of statistical and, accolades and as well. Has, and Steph has played with better supporting cast than Durant. I don't know if I'd agree with that at that point. Yes, just like their like, teams ended just like up Jordan being. Jordan had a better supporting cast than LeBron. But like, yes, their teams ended up being better. But like, we can't diminish the fact Durant went and chose all of his teams. He's been playing with stars. Yeah, like Harden yeah. and uh, Westbrook Kyrie. and Kyrie and Westbrook, Kyrie. all that stuff didn't work out the way that we wanted. Those guys are yeah. Hall of Fame level players. Yeah. You know, so like, I don't know if we can like completely say that he played with way better talent, especially the last like couple years where like Clay and Draymond haven't been nearly on the level. I mean, was last year's championship, do you guys think Clay and so, Draymond? Yeah. Oh, Clay, did Clay play last year? I don't remember if that yeah, was the year. Yeah, he played. I mean, were they great? Were they this, you know, humongous support no, to him? Wiggins was really good, but no. I was about to say, Andrew Wiggins was yeah. probably the second best player for the Warriors, which shows like. You had Klay Thompson coming off two and a half years. You had Draymond Green, who's not nearly the offensive threat that he was sure. in, in 15, 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Like, Steph just, he he kind of willed them. Like, last year, like, when they're down two to one in mm-hmm. game four, he won that game. He did the same thing Jason Tatum 100%. was doing uh, the last two games. He won them that game. Game five, he won them that game. I mean, game yeah. six was over. Golden State's up 69 to 50. Coming down the floor in transition, Steph Curry hits a 30-foot bomb to make it 72-50. I mean, that was middle of the third quarter, and there was a lot of game left, but that was kind of, that, that was it right there. Steph Curry won that series last year the same way whoever it was, and 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 Kevin Durant won the series in 2017 when Cleveland was just clearly, yeah. clearly overmatched. Yeah. But you look at everything, the three-point record, um, his his prime his dominance in his mvp seasons their team dominance right step and and this isn't even considering the fact that steph curry completely changed the game of basketball right you just look at the gravity he has when he's on the floor he's always moving you look at someone like durant durant will take a backseat right and and steph curry morphed his game for four years to keep kevin durant to, mm-hmm. to get Kevin Durant, changed his game, said, KD, do your thing. I'll take a back seat, right? That is the making of an all-time great. And I'm not saying Kevin Durant's not an all-time great, but the the things Steph Curry's done on and off the court, the way he is the kind of the embodiment of the Golden State Warriors, he is up there with Mike. He is up there with LeBron. He is up there with Kobe. He's up there with Shaq, with Tim, with Kareem. He is up there with those guys, and I think he's ahead of Durant. I... Just one quick thing I want to piggyback off that because I, I really agree with what Noah is saying here. We, we, even if Durant, let's say hypothetically, which I know you don't agree with this, Noah, but like let's say hypothetically Durant was the best player on the two championships they won with the Warriors, right? I don't think that matters. One of them has won without the other and one of them hasn't. I think that's something that's important to like mention yeah. here. Now, let's say Durant goes and wins a championship without Curry in whatever amount of time, whether it's... Um, you know, next year or the year after, it doesn't matter. Then mm-hmm. I think we can come back to this discussion and have it. But ultimately, one of them couldn't win without the other, and the yeah. other one could. So what I, because what I would say is, I think Durant 
was was certainly better for the first because Durant came in. He came in 07 draft. Curry was 08 draft. Durant was better than Curry for the first like seven, eight years they were in the league together. Durant was already one of the best three players in the league by 2012 when they made the finals with OKC. He was awesome. He, you know, he scored 30 points. He was like 22 years old. He was awesome in that season. Um, you know, I think he had an injury maybe the next season, but he was awesome again in 2014. Um, and it just continued. And then Steph really wasn't better than Durant until you can argue 20, I mean, 2016 won MVP. So that would probably be the season in 2015. Um, I don't, I don't think so in 2015. Then why did Curry win the MVP that year? I think, I think Harden should have won the MVP, but, but Curry that's, still that's, won that's a different, that's a different thing. But Curry still would have been um, like, he, but no, Curry was good. Um, but, but he still I still would have been better than Durant. Like even if Harden wins MVP, Curry still finishes higher in MVP voting. Yeah, it's regarded as better that year. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he. I don't know if he. Well, I think Durant might have been. I don't know if he was injured or what. But I think Durant, for the most part, for the first like eight to ten years of their career, he was better for the majority of that time. I think that now that's flipping because Curry's better than Durant currently. He was better than Durant last year. Um, in nineteen, we didn't see Durant. He was obviously hurt, and Curry was awesome in twenty nineteen. But if we look at some of those earlier years, 2015, 2016, yes, Curry had the awesome regular season, but it wasn't like he was great in the, I mean, the finals, at least. I know it's one series, two series, but it's not like he was awesome in the 2015 or 2016 finals. I mean, if Curry was, I mean, if, if you put Durant on that 2016 Warriors team instead of Curry, they'd probably beat the Cavs. But it's it's a different, it's just, a, I know, random hypothetical. But Durant, I think, overall has been better. And you could, we can go into the details of like the defense, certainly better defender than Curry and all that stuff. But I think it's, it could, he could overtake him because the trajectory is on his game translates better than Durant does. Yeah. Yeah. Like down the line, like aging in their late thirties. Noah, you look at all these all time greats, right? Like LeBron, you can't even count the records he has, right? Yeah. Mike six known the championship games, just a true, just pure winner, just a pure basketball player. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the other guys, right? Kareem. Six titles, six MVPs, held the scoring record for 30-plus years, Yeah, right? Kobe, Mamba mentality, five championships, three with Shaq, two without, mm -hmm. 60 points on his way out, right? <clears throat> Who's after those four? Like, it's got to be Curry. If, if it's not Curry, it's Shaq, and you look at all that, right? Shaq, Shaq yeah. was the most dominant player of his era. You look at Steph Curry, right? Steph has the three-point record. Steph has... Not even the three-point record. Steph has every three-point record. Mm -hmm. Steph has four rings. Steph has two MVPs. Steph's the only unanimous MVP in league history. Steph's four and one in the uh, in the finals, right? So you look at all of that, and it just maybe he's not top five all time. But if you're making your Mount Rushmore with best point guard, best shooting guard, best small forward, best power forward, best center, Steph Curry is on that, and you know. Maybe you can say Shaq's better than him just for how dominant Shaq was in his time because at Shaq's peak, there was no one better than him yeah. in the league. There was no one better than him. I agree. But look at Steph Curry's peak. There is not a better player. There was not. At Steph Curry's peak, there was not a better player that can can get going like that, right? Like, there's always guys of different calibers that, oh, this guy can go get you 30 any given night, right? There's guys like that. There's guys, oh, he can go get you 40 any night. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry's a guy who can go get you 50 on any given night with the way he shoots the basketball and the gravity and the way he commands the floor, how he can score from all three levels. He can get fouled. He can score inside. He has that floater. And obviously, he can, anywhere inside half court, Steph Curry has that range. It's yeah. why I love having Noah on the podcast. It's like I... 
No one has such a high level. Not that you don't either, Chuck, because your analysis is amazing too. But like, no one's analysis is just such a lovely. Account. And he agrees with me here, so like, I'm yeah. down. You know. Yeah. I final, will 100 disagree with you. Lakers well, I and mean, four is wrong. Well, okay. Now, now I'm not as happy no, no, about Trevor being on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. We'll we'll agree to disagree, but I mean, I definitely could change my opinion because I think Curry's better right now. I think. You know, Durant, I don't think he was all that great in this Nuggets series. I think he probably could have been better. Obviously, last year he wasn't that great. But, you know, I think Curry has had better teams overall for the majority of their careers. This is a pivotal time for Curry So that now. lends to the extra championship. Because this team, team, game. this team is rocky right now, so this is a pivotal time for him Yeah. Uh, to, you know, to see where his career will end up. Yeah. But I think we'll end the podcast there for today. We've been going for, what is this, almost an hour and ten minutes. Um, and, no, I want to get you out of here. I know you got things to be doing. Um, so, Noah, thank you so much for being on. Yeah. We, we, we absolutely love having you on every single time you're on. Hopefully you'll be on many more times. Um, is there anything you want to say like to end or shout out anything you want to No, I absolutely love coming on in the same way Aaron Rodgers has the Pat McAfee show. Hopefully as I continue to elevate my coaching career, I'll have the small ballers. I'm 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 so down. We can make that happen. That sounds great to me. Just hopefully you don't get as wacko as Aaron Rodgers once you become big, all right? I will. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, uh, we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. Um, we're posting everything on there. Um, we, we, we have, we're cooking up some good stuff. We got, we got another podcast whipping up here. Um, yeah. and we're recording our, our first episode that Friday. Yes, sir. Um, which will be very, very exciting. Uh, of course, go follow us on Twitter at the small baller. Keep up to date, um, with everything that we're doing there. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a five star review. Of course, go check out coach Noah. Um, he'll be linked in the tweet. And if I remember, he'll be linked in the description. There's no shot. I remember that though, unless someone tells me, so <laughs> unless someone tells me, I, I'm not going to remember. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.